0: Good morning everybody. So you may know that we've got um, a little series that we've been going through over Easter. Um, Every month we've actually been looking at a different theme of what it is to be a disciple, kind of 10 to 11 foundational aspects of discipleship. And through Easter we thought because God sent his son into the world uh, that it would be good to us to look at giving, living and forgiving. It's kind of the message of Easter that God. For God so loved the world, maybe you might want to repeat, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. So there we've got God gave his son so that people wouldn't perish but have eternal life. And what that looks like, if you know the story, is actually God is forgiving all of mankind for the sin in their life, for the imputed sin, the sin that they inherited from Adam and Eve, the sin that's part of our spiritual DNA even without doing anything wrong. If you want to say, I haven't done anything wrong, well, even if you were that miraculous unicorn that doesn't exist, that's never done anything wrong, never thought anything wrong, actually there's imputed sin, inherited sin from our mother and father right through the ages, Adam and Eve, it's part of our spiritual DNA. God's forgiven us of that transgression. He's forgiven us of that wrongdoing. And also, really handily and thankfully, all the things we have done wrong and we should have done that we didn't do and all the things that we sort of think about that we don't do God's forgiveness of all of that stuff and so today we're going to finish the series by looking at forgiveness and so what I want you to do is on your in your groups before you look at these verses I want you to just have a quick little conversation try and let everyone take part so not like five minute diatribes you're only going to have a couple of minutes to do this as a group what do you think forgiveness is what is forgiveness and then we'll yeah we'll come back after that what is forgiveness what do you think forgiveness is off you go a okay. I recognise you've not had lots of time, but hopefully you've you've heard maybe two or three things on your table that forgiveness might look like. Who feels brave enough to quickly just shout out one or two? Yeah. So to love someone even though they've done you wrong, another table, just shout out, just give us something. We're only going to get a few. It's not saying that the wrong thing didn't happen. It wasn't significant. Yeah. You're not writing things off. We'll get onto some of the ramifications of it. Come on, Jonathan, nice on that. Forgiveness is difficult. Forgiveness is difficult. We're going to get onto that in a minute. Have you, Just as a quick question, show of hands, has anyone ever had to forgive someone? Pretty much everyone. If you're a human being, chances are someone at some point in your life may have offended you. It was probably me. Probably. But um, it was. Hands up. Hands up if you've ever had to be forgiven. Well, a few less. I think there might be a little bit of dishonesty going on in the room. Um, either that, or you're you're better than Jesus. But wherever there are people, there are problems. Yeah. Is that okay? I'm not saying that wherever there are people, there are problems. <laughs> but wherever there are people, there are problems, aren't there? People are difficult. I'm really difficult. I'm complicated, and I can be difficult. Like I just I was going to do this a bit later, but just an example of forgiveness yesterday. In the car, taking Holly to Taekwondo. She does a bit of chop, chop, chop Taekwondo. And um, somehow, within five minutes, I've managed to offend my wife two times. Not just once, two times. And she let me know about it, which was very good. <laughs> and she let me know, just, just in case I wasn't aware. She really let me know about it, and I had to work really hard, almost to the point of overcompensating. She was like, just be normal. You're being over the top now. Right? And, and thankfully, we managed to sort it out. But it's really easy, isn't it, to offend people? And when we recognise it, we need to invite forgiveness, sometimes when we're aware. But sometimes, have you ever been offended, and the other person just hasn't got a clue that they've offended you? That happens a lot. It happens in marriage, in families, all the time. It happens at workplaces. It happens a lot in the church. Sometimes we have expectations of one another that over time aren't met, and that can bring an offence into our heart. And if and, and offence is like a fence, it becomes this barrier that stops us really relating and connecting with one another. Uh, maybe just one or, one more example. What is forgiveness? Just shout out. Maybe this table here. Let's pick on you guys. Not holding a grudge. So letting things go. What I want you to do on your tables now, again, a couple of minutes, what do you think are the, probably because of the time, maybe a couple of things that are like objections or make forgiveness really difficult? What are the barriers to forgiveness? What makes forgiveness really difficult? What makes it difficult for you if you feel like you can be honest like that? But let's do that. A couple of minutes, okay? Okay. I recognise we're rattling through these, but we've got a lot. We could literally have like a whole month series on forgiveness. And so, what I would love to do is let's try and. It's beautiful. Let's try and get three barriers or challenges to forgiveness. And so, who wants to start us off? Hazel said a good one. She said pride. Pride. So, do you want to just expand on that, Hazel? Well, you can think. Of- in the right, you know, and so why should I forgive yeah. the that's sort of self-righteousness. Brilliant. And so pride. I have every right to be offended. Why would I want to let that go? I, I've been wronged. You know, like that's a prideful thing. I've like, uh, there's someone in my family, I won't say who, because they might listen to this, but they'll know who it is anyway, because they are listen to it. And, and They've been riddled with that, that very thing, for their whole life. Life's not been easy. It's been very tough. Broken marriages, multiple, death of children, like, you know, my sister when she was in her 40s. Like, a lot of offence, anger at God, anger at people, people that have let people down. And um, it never makes you a bigger person when you hang on to that stuff. It it makes you really small. In the, well, not as in like you, but, but it constricts you. It becomes like a straitjacket, and it ties you up. And um, and it comes up like when when big events in life happen, like you'll be aware that we lost my stepdad in December or November, November December. I had to have some really difficult conversations just about we've got to move past this stuff. And it's really difficult. It's like a prison. And we see that in a minute Jesus talks about it I've seen it in, I see it in my own life it's really difficult pride is a, a, she, a, she, a everything's, pride's the root of everything but maybe one from the middle of the room and then we'll go for one from the left of the room so Jitta, you're in the middle of the room go for it I think the other side of that is also the pride of the offender because sometimes people who to come out they've done wrong so you're well that's my character you know I mean what's the big deal I only do that because of this yeah and so it's, it's difficult. Then when people don't want any forgiveness, you know. And so there's a great quote that I found: "Forgive others not because they deserve it." This isn't from the Bible, so if you got just a warning, if you go and look at quotes on forgiveness or quotes on whatever, they're not always from a Christian perspective. You know, they can be, sometimes be quite um, mystical or, or self-serving. But I like this one. It was: "Forgive others not because they deserve it, but because you deserve peace." In the Bible when you read about what happens with unforgiveness is that you'll never experience the peace of God because you're actually restricting his peace coming into your life by not doing what he's done to you. We'll see that in a minute. Um, We didn't deserve forgiveness, did we? When Jesus came to the cross, the Father had every right to be offended at us and our turning of our backs on him. Yet something had to change. And so he stepped in. kind of died to himself didn't he it's that little bit of dying that needs to be done isn't it in the human heart it's all a heart issue like with giving these things are so linked because they're not just things that we do like praying is something we can do isn't it reading the Bible is something we can do whereas with forgiveness and with giving it's like we're There's a heart issue. It reveals something in our heart that we're prepared to let go of something that we feel like we've got every right to hang on to, whether it be what God's entrusted to us in regards to our money that we think we've earned rather than seeing the grace of he's anointed the places and the times and the days we'll live and work, or whether it's actually that offence. It's mine. And you think, oh, get rid of it. Don't don't carry that thing. It's like poison. And then this side of the room. Just give us one. What have we got? Nice and loud. We had a repetition a friend who keeps doing the same thing. Yeah, how many times should you... like? There's, there's a great verse, Peter's, I think Peter says, how many times should I forgive my brother? Well, seven times? No, 77. Like, multiply it, way more than you think keep forgiving. But yet there are things, I think, like healthy boundaries, that often don't get talk, talked about enough in the church. Um, another little example I'll give you, again, you won't know this person but I'm going to change their name. Um, I've got a friend called Annie, she's not local uh, I've actually bumped into her in London I'd gone to go and meet someone um, for a church thing and uh, she was there so I managed to get an hour with Annie and, um, and we were talking about some things And Annie's a beautiful believer and she's been remarried and the reason she was re- re- remarried was years ago her first husband had an affair with the babysitter heartbreaking, devastating destroyed her life, destroyed her world. Somehow, Annie has managed to find, from God, she hasn't got in in of herself, the ability to let go of that offence so that it doesn't define her anymore, so that she's not in the prison of that, of that anger, which she's got every right to have towards her ex-husband. Somehow, she's now able to navigate the children she's got from that first relationship, having relationship with him which means him coming into their life fairly regularly yet with this, she could have that huge offence imagine the train wreck that would be in the lives of her children if she couldn't have found to get to that point doesn't mean any of it was right and I'm sure, I don't know all the details about whether there was repentance and stuff but there doesn't need to be because she's extended it, whether he knows it or not, which means she gets to go free even if the other person doesn't it's really powerful isn't it I'm sure many of us can think of times where we've had relational difficulties in our family. Maybe for some of you, what I've just said might have really been something you've gone through. And if it is, my heart breaks because I grew up with, my mum had been married multiple times, my sister the same. And I've seen the devastation that can cause in families. It's really difficult. and And it can leave kids really messed up. It did with me. If it wasn't for the grace of God doing something in my life, I don't know where I'd be. Sometimes it's that we've been overlooked. We feel like no one notices us. We're in the workplace. Everyone else seems to get promoted. We're working faithfully. Everyone else seems to get, get ahead. Am I cursed? What's going on with me? Life's just really difficult. Like I said earlier, sometimes it's unmet expectations. You can have that in relationships. You think that you're going to have more time with people than you do. And, or there's, you, know, you think that people are going to be something that they, they prove out that they're not going to be. And you have to kind of reframe it. All of these things can cause offence, can't they? And there's lots, of, lots and lots of other examples we can probably think of. Yeah, and so someone's just shared for those who are listening in, of the power of forgiveness, and um, so I was just going to use one. Well, thank you for sharing that one example. For me, for me, was my dad. My dad had left my mum when she was pregnant with me. Never wanted anything to. I met him when I was very tiny, and um, I'm kind of he died. He committed suicide, and so I never had the, the, well, not the pleasure or the privilege, but I never got to know him. Never got to meet him. Never seen a photo of him. It's just like there's nothing there. For, at all, no reference point and um, I'd become a Christian and I was in this kind of counselling session I guess you'd call it like a Holy Spirit led counselling session and they were just asking me questions and it, you know everything when you ask the questions it always leads to your parents doesn't it, It's sort all of their fault I'm messed up but I, but I was messed up I, my life, I am not going to all my testimony but I, I was broken in lots of ways, now married but still trying to work out some of that stuff that I was carrying into it and um, the, the person just said, I really feel like you need to forgive your dad for not, not being around for you and not loving your mum enough. And uh, as I went to try and do that and just forgive him, like where's Jesus in the room? Could you talk to Jesus about it? I, I found that I couldn't. It was like something was constricting my throat. Something inside me was literally almost not choking me as in I was in pain, but I couldn't cough it up. And there was a real battle going on. These people started praying in tongues, and, and and there was like a tug of war going on. It felt like in my soul. And then all of a sudden, I managed to almost like cough up. I forgive you, Dad. I forg- And I was like, tears were coming and stuff. And it and it genuinely, it was like something left my body. Like I, after that, I started laughing, and like, I've never laughed. It was a joy I've never experienced in my life before. I was like, this doesn't make sense. One minute I'm like. And it felt like a weight had been lifted off of me. The devil wants to bind us all up. And he uses us to bind one another up. And the worst place it happens is sometimes in the church. The amount of people I've talked to that have been bound up by things not working out in the church. And what do we do? Rather than work it out, we leave and we go somewhere else. And we carry what we've got to the place we go. And what happens? It multiplies like yeast there. And so we've really got to guard our hearts. We've really got to extend the forgiveness to one another. There's a parable. If you've, um, I was going to give you a load of verses to look through. They're there. Feel free to look through them whilst I'm talking. But i just think for time. I've probably covered a lot in what we're, we're saying. We don't need to pick it all apart. But I'm just going to pick a few of them. If you've got your verses, you might want to look up. But. Group one, it says Psalm 103 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. So, how far is the east from the Is that right? East from the west? It's a long way, isn't it? There's no boundaries. God's literally removed from us everything that we've done wrong with Him in Christ. He's overlooked it, He's, he's not holding it against us anymore. So when we forgive or extend forgiveness to other people, we don't necessarily need to do it like I would to Lewis and go up to him and literally say, I forgive you. Although if you've got the ability to do that, that's the most powerful thing you could ever do. I used to do some prison ministry work in Medway and we had this thing called restorative justice um, where offenders would basically get to meet the people they'd offended against. If they'd killed someone, they'd maybe get to meet their family and there'd be this thing of reconciliation and forgiveness. They had no right to it. But we recognised and the people involved recognised that it would set people free. And it did. The amount of stories of people whose lives who were going like this went into destruction. Just like all of a sudden changed. Because the weight of the shame and the guilt of what they'd done had gone. And the people that had lost everything were set free. From this sense of retro, you know, like vengeance. And I want to get... They're just like, we've got to forgive. Because we can't live under this for the rest of our life. Yeah, I've seen it. It's so powerful. It's incredibly powerful. But in the short term... It's the most costly thing you can do. Because you've got to give something up that you've got every right to have. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, I'm almost speaking to myself. Do you get it? I see a lot of heads nodding. But in the long term, so in the short term, it's the most costly thing you can do. In the long term, it, it, it helps you to do this. To live. It helps the other people to live. That's why God's done it. He's, we had no right to the sending of Jesus. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't live to deal with the sin that we'd multiplied in our lives so that we could be set free. It cost him everything. In the short term, it was probably incredibly painful seeing the son on the cross, scourged and bleeding and dying, spearing his sides. But yet in the long term, we all get to live for eternity. It's worth it. And in your life, you get to sort of flesh some of that out now, right now, In the earth. It's a beautiful thing. You're literally calling the kingdom down. It's a spiritual thing. How do we deal with sin, 1 John? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us. And purify us from all unrighteousness. If you've got stuff going on in your life that you can't get free of, talk to someone about it. Give it to Jesus. Ask for his forgiveness. Again, there's a lot of things I've been up to throughout my life. That have been like a prison cell to me. And when I've found the power to share it with other brothers and sisters. Other, other leaders in confidence. i found freedom would come. Whether that be unforgiveness. Whether it be looking at things on the internet. I shouldn't be looking at. Whatever those things are. There's freedom from that stuff. Whether it's from abusive parents. That are no longer around anymore. There's freedom from the, like, the control of that whether it's for things that didn't quite work out as we thought they would there's freedom from the guilt or the disappointment of that I love this, Isaiah 1, this is one of my favourites Isaiah one eighteen. come now, let us settle the matter so this is God coming though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool and so it takes someone to be the bigger person and say, come on, let's settle the matter if you've ever got kids, or if you've ever been in a family, maybe we've all been children, there comes that moment where you say, Oh you, what oh, you, come. In front, right, apologise to one another. No, I no, won't. No. Right, you're going to sit on that step until you apologise. You can be there all day, but it's going to happen. And eventually, the forgiveness happens, and everything's fine. The offence has gone, all of it. And this is what God has done with us. He's literally like, come, come on, let's sort the matter. Even though everything you've done is as apparent as red against white, I'm going to get rid of it all. It's dealt with. It's not over you anymore. You're not covered in it anymore. It's beautiful. He can literally wash us white as snow. We're told that in baptism, it's like all our sin is washed away. Like that crimson being taken out of whites. I don't know if you've ever had any white clothes, like I said Holly does, to a condo. To Lewis has got a lovely white jumper on. Don't do the cooking in your white top. Don't eat like spaghetti bolognese in the white top. Because it's going to get all over you. But God can deal with all of it. There is no remnant of it. It doesn't hang around anymore. Um, maybe one or two more. Jeremiah, I'll forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So, yeah, hey, my wife loves that. Thank you, I'll remind you of that later in the car. But, um, but there is that thing of like... You did that last week as well. And you did it when we got married. And, you did, you, and it's like we've got like a little coffee card with all the stamps. You've done 10 things wrong against me and I'm cashing them in. <laughs> so that works in relationships, doesn't it? And in families. But even at work, when you forgive someone, you're remembering it no more. Now you might have boundaries and you might think so, like for my friend, so Annie, she didn't feel the liberty of I'm going to get this relationship's just not for me. Like there are consequences. Sometimes it's not right to jump back into partnership with people if, if they're going to keep... But you can still forgive them, so it's nuanced. Do you get that? But it doesn't mean we just sh- also shut everyone out, which we can do. We don't build walls to protect ourselves. We have, like, li- little walls with big gates that maybe some people can't come that close, but others can. Do you get what I'm saying? We don't live behind big, thick castle walls all of a sudden. This is a powerful one. Matthew 6. For if you, forgive, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's not fair. It's easy to say that, isn't it? That's not fair. But we have no right to forgiveness. And neither do the other people. And so as we receive God's forgiveness, we're able to forgive others. But if you look here, actually, what happens first? It's as you forgive others, you're going to feel the forgiveness of God. It's like you've got an action to do. It's not like, well, I don't feel like forgiving. You've got to forgive first, and then you'll feel the freedom of being forgiven yourself. That, that's huge. If you take nothing away from today other than one thing, take away that. Make the first move. Always make the first move. If you're able to contact... If I've offended Emmanuel, I'm going to try and get hold of Emmanuel. I'm going to send him a letter. If I can't face... meeting him face to face. If I can't... I could send him a Facebook message. I might ring him. If it's someone that's long gone, deceased, left the country, just do, deal with God. Because you're, you're experiencing forgiveness for yourself. And I believe supernaturally we're all connected. And so God can do something in that person's heart, whether we see him or not by the very fact that we've opened the jail cell for them to come free. Matthew 18, 21-35, this is on the thing. I just want to quickly read through this. I won't spend a lot of time on it. This is Jesus. I wanted to kind of expand on this. I might do a midweek teaching just on this parable, if that's okay, and I'll share it in the Hope Hub. But then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? We heard this one earlier, didn't we? How many times should we forgive um, as many as seven times is that enough seven times that's quite a few as many as seven but jesus said to him i do not say to you seven times but 70 times seven so what's seven times seven it's 49 add an order and that's 490 he's saying 70 times that's a lot That's like more than you can count like you i don't know how many times i've had to figure my wife all the time um, or vice versa <laughs> or vice versa And he says this, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold. He's selling his servant with his wife and his children, and all that he had and payment had to be made. You owe me something, and I'm going to get it. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. This guy pleaded for his life, for everything, his house, his family, his job, everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt, completely, like we've just been saying, completely forgave him. But when that same servant then went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him nowhere near as much, just a little bit. He owed owed the, the king loads, But his mate only owed him, say, like five. But he owed that guy thousands. And seizing him, he began to choke him. And he said, pay me what you owe. So he's just been forgiven everything. And now he's trying to extract just a tiny little bit from someone else. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. And he put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servant saw what he had done, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. So now the king knows about it, the guy that had done the first bit of forgiving. And he summoned him and he said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you everything, all that debt, because you pleaded with me. But you should have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you... So. Take this to heart. This is how God deals with us. If we forgive others, we get to go free. But if we start holding the little against other people, God's like, hang on, I've forgiven you, and you're withholding forgiveness from others? There's like a a covering that comes over us. We don't experience the forgiveness in our heart, the peace of God. It's like we we end up being handed over to be tormented by the jailers, is what it says. That torment is physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's difficult, it's painful. It manifests in lots of different ways. There was a, a little study that I looked at last night, a PhD that someone had done. I just read the, um, the first bit. I just want to read something to you, because even if you're not someone of faith, this is sort of something that's quite, quite powerful. The premise was that this person had done a study of 150 different people, 150 different people, to see the effects of forgiveness and unforgiveness in the lives of young adults. And what the, basically came to the end of a very big PhD, thousands of words, was there, there was a definite correlation, there's a definite link between people experiencing like, freedom and peace and health, emotionally and physically, when they are equipped to forgive other people. When people don't forgive other people, it looks like depression, it looks like infirmity, it looks like real challenge. Like, and, and there's loads of papers. I was looking yesterday. It's like loads of studies have been done on it. That's just from a secular perspective. So if there's anything at all going on in your life that keeps raising like an anger or a sense of frustration or it's a distraction, deal with it with God. I'm not saying it's easy. It's like one of the heaviest things to do. It's like casting a massive like, anchor overboard. Like You're getting rid of something. But it will bring you freedom. It will help you to truly live. And then as you do it, the freedom comes. We've got to make the first move. And in the Lord's Prayer, I'm just going to read this to Anne Lewis, if you could maybe bring this up. And I'd love it if maybe we could read this together, just on our tables, or just pray it over one another. I'm going to read it first, and then maybe we'll do that on our tables. And so Jesus, when he was asked, his disciples went to him and said, how should we pray? a huge part of that prayer is about us forgiving other people and the Lord forgiving us. It's huge. Like, forgiveness is a huge part of the foundation of what it is to be a believer. And so I'm just going to read this out, and then after that we're going to go to our tables, and we're just going to pray. For some of you, in your mind, I think you'll be thinking of a situation, or a person, or something that you've maybe been carrying all of your life, and it's worn you out, and you're tired, and you're bitter, and you're angry about it. You've got every right to be. Every right. But the Lord don't want you to carry that. He wants to carry it on the cross. He literally wants it on his shoulders. He wants you to put it on him. It's not yours to carry. It's his to carry. And if you're a believer and you think that you've got the strength to carry it, you're wrong. Because that's why you had to die on the cross. So that you could experience the freedom of it. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So there's a sense of we've done it first, now forgive us. You've got to make the first move. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power of the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, from Jesus, we pray, as our friends pray on tables, we pray that things that have been around for generations will be cut off, removed from us as far as the east is from the west, that the jailers, the torment, the cell is free, we can walk out any time. So Lord, we look to you for your freedom, not only for ourselves, but so that we can then lead others in that same train into glory. It's our inheritance, nothing less. I'm Holy Spirit.